two important questions that's the title of what i'm sharing today two important questions two important questions This new year, we are going to see the hand of God like never before. We're going to see the hand of God like never before. This is going to be a glorious year for us. Powerful year. Two important questions. I started off by saying... All discoveries are as a result of questions, unanswered questions. When you see people who do amazing things, it's because they question the status quo or they ask questions that um, uh, they ask questions which answers now brought about those discoveries. So you see that in every place, in every sphere, you realize that the asking of questions is one of the things that you used to know leaders. When people distinguish themselves by asking the right questions. Now, there are also foolish questions. There are very, very foolish questions. Like, is there really God? That's a foolish question. A good question in that direction can be, where can we find God? That's different. That one is a good question. But is there really God? I mean, the evidence is too striking. You understand? If you say it's Big Bang, what caused the Big Bang? We will say that one is God. Because if Big Bang till today has not been able to replicate itself, there has not been another bang. <laughs> there has not been another bang. That means all the theories of, cre- of, of the existence of man has a point of beginning. You see, they all refer to a point of reference. There's always a point of reference. Like, you, no matter how much they explain it, they always come back to that point where nobody knows what triggered it. Nobody knows that. Whether it be religion or like it be science, everybody comes to that point of zero. Nobody really knows. So to today, they say they are still finding out. That's the work of science, to find out what God needs. That's the work of science. So, religion or faith, faith um, tells us, because that's, the, that's the, the essence of revelation. Revelation tells us what our, our mind will not be able to decode. So, faith tells us what our mind will not be able to decode, but it's reality. You see, then science tries to give us the logic behind faith. That's why I said science and faith are never enemies. If you really truly study science, you would love faith. And if you truly study faith, you, you would love science. Because every time I, I look into a topic as complex as... I didn't used to like science. Not at all. I didn't like science at all. Science and math. They're not my field. I didn't used to like science and math. But I discovered that when I became a Christian, I started learning the word of God. I started now realizing that... Physics was very interesting. I discovered physics was actually very interesting, especially quantum physics. 
It's like when you when you are studying confidence, it's like you are looking to Bible, honestly speaking. Because there's a there's a theory in quantum physics that when you are observing it, it is there. When you take your eye off it, it is not there. That's spiritual. I'm telling you, that is that we are we are we are, we are de- this is high class biblical topics. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So faith is never an enemy of science. If you love science, I, I, I think I was somewhere I preached one day and I was telling them, I said, I think it was at the mall. I was preaching at the mall. I had, an, uh, had a program. A friend of mine had a program and he made me do the altar call. So I preached. And I preached a short message. I said, let me talk about science. Everything about science is energy. And the three main energy that controls science is light energy, sound energy, heat energy. And these three energies are all found in Genesis chapter 1. And God said, sound. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the earth. And the word move there is rakat, that means to incubate. That's incubator, that's heat. <laughs> Let there be light, light energy. <laughs> so light energy, sound. all of them you will find it in Genesis chapter 1. So st- when, you, when, you, when you study the word of God, you will love it, I tell you. You realize that everything that man is chasing after, looking for, God has already spoken ahead of time because he made all things. You see, so your Christianity or your work with God becomes more interesting because it is now a bond of knowledge. So I said two important questions. This year, you must answer those two important questions for yourself because they will control the outcome of the year. Acts chapter 9. I'll start from verse 3. Okay, let me start from verse 1 so you get it. And Saul, so, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Now, this is what I used to explain that Saul was not necessarily a murderer. When you say Paul, 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 so Paul was a killer. Not necessarily. He was actually defending God. It's not like he was an arm robber. He was actually defending God. And what he was doing was, he was going to kill all those people who said they are following Jesus because they, he thought it was blasphemous to follow Jesus. Because these people have followed Jehovah all their lives. They know about the Ark of the Covenant. They've been through so much. And, uh, you know, they've gone into exile. They've come back, you know. So they are so stern. When, uh, when you study about the Jews... They are called stiff neck. God called them stiff neck people. I mean, people don't move their neck. Just that people don't move their neck. They don't take anything. You can't tell them anything. Once it is not God, they will fight you. You know, once it's not Jehovah, they will fight you. So here comes Jesus and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I find it blasphemous. One, one time Jesus was talking with them and he said, Before Abraham was, I am. If the grammar of that sentence means anything, they should say the guy is mad and just leave him. You know what they did? They pick up stones. Why? Because they know what he said. What he said was not before Abraham was, I was. That's not what he said. He said, before Abraham was, I am. Now, in Hebrew, okay, let me take you a little, a little Hebrew. In Hebrew, there are two words for, for I am. For example, you say, I am Pasainok, or I am, you know, Daniel. 
If you want to say, I am Daniel, mention your name, like as a human being, they say, Ani. Ani Daniel. Ani Pastor Enoch. But when God was saying, I am that I am, he didn't use Ani, he used a year. A year means eternal past, eternal present, eternal future. So to use a year was, so Jesus Christ said, before Abraham was a year, hey, <laughs> you! They pick up, I was they pick up stones. They pick up stones. Why? Because it was a blasphemous statement to them. So this is a, the case where now these um, disciples have received the Holy Ghost. They are preaching everywhere. People are getting born again. And Saul said, no, 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 no. So he went to take a letter from the high priest. He says that he will kill all of them. So let's see. He might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Verse 3. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shine ran about, from, about, about him a light from heaven. Verse 4, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? The first important question. Three important questions. This year, that is your first question. Who art thou, Lord? Who is Jesus? You should be answering. You see, Bible says that grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. The grace of God on your life does not increase by prayers. Some Christians go to church and all they do is to pray. I believe in prayer. Next week we are having a week of prayers. We are praying, praying, praying. I believe in praying a lot. But I know the power of God's word. If you pray without revelation, you have just wasted another set of time. So it says, who art thou, Lord? This year, you should be answering that question. Who art thou, Lord? Who is the Lord? Who is Jesus? This Jesus that I have received, who is he? You see, because... Now, look at all of Paul's days, you know, all the things that Paul did in his life. You know, he, he, he set up churches, he was an apostle, he had Philipp, church in Philippi, he had, he had church in Colos, he had church in Ephesus. He still said in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, he said that I may know him. Why? Because the more you know God, the more the grace of God increases on your life. He said grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. That means your knowledge of God determines the level of grace on your life. Your knowledge of God determines the grace of God on your life. So, you are in charge of the increased grace in your life. It's, a, it's such a beautiful thing that God has put this thing in your hand. The level of grace in your life, you are in charge of it. You know, because I, I discovered that the more I, I knew God, the more I knew the grew in the knowledge of God, the, life, the more my life became better. Because you see, this is the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, when you look at God, Alright? When they look at God, God was different from them. They look at God as a great God and they see themselves as nothing. In the Old Testament, you look in the mirror of God, you see the law of God and everything that God said he was, the people thought they could not. God said, thou shalt not lie. And that thou shalt not lie was not an instruction to them per se. God was revealing his nature that I don't lie. So they look at themselves. Last night, they lied to their wife. So God is holy. God is righteous. God is great. And God will say things like, I am the Lord. I do whatever I want to say. Oh, God is mighty. Then we, we are nothing. Do you understand? So that is the Old Testament. As they look at God, as they look and as they know God, God becomes greater. But in the New Testament, it's not the same. In the New Testament, when we look at God, we see ourselves. 
In the New Testament, anytime we see the greatness of God, we begin to see who he has made us. It mirrors us. In the New Testament, anytime we see the word of God, we, it mirrors us. We don't see it as instructions. We see it as who we are. We just need to live it out. So, who art thou, Lord? This year, you know, you should make it a point to know God. You should make it a point to know God. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. Make, I said, I said in the first service, I said, show me is greater than give me. When great men ever have an encounter with God, look at Paul. He has met Jesus Christ and the first thing he should have said, because to say who are thou Lord means he believed that that was the Lord. Maybe if it is some of us who say, before, hey, before you go, please, my grandmother, her leg, my, my, my family, Lord, who are thou Lord? Um, bank accounts, fill it, Lord. <laughs> you understand? Those are questions that we might ask to, to know the greatness of that man. The first thing is, Who art thou, Lord? Who are you? Tell me who you are. Reveal yourself to me. Who art thou, Lord? People who get to know the Lord, you know, they, they, they become uh, points of reference in the world. I tell you. When you get to know the Lord, when you get to know the Lord, when you get to know the Lord, who art thou, Lord? You're going to find out who is Jesus. You know, I discovered, you know, a whole lot in my life. I have, I had been in ministry. I had done, I have one source, you know, but somewhere 2016, 2017, I had encounters with the Lord in, you know, you know, when we say encounters, many people start thinking, that means the Lord entered your room. That's beautiful. But I tell you, there are greater, you know, encounters that, you know, it's not about, you know, I was telling them in the first, I said, there was a, a young lady from London who texted me. Says, no, she, she actually called me, said, sir, sir, have you ever had encounters? Have you seen um, the patriarchs of old in your encounters? Sir, have you, you know, like you said, the last time my, my spiritual father said he saw David in a vision. He saw Isaiah. They appeared to him. Have you met people Christians like that? They want those encounters and, and, and ask you, have you read the whole book of Matthew? He said, no, I've not read the whole book of that. And you want encounters. What are you using it for? <laughs> what are you using it for? Before you see Isaiah, before you see that vision, read Isaiah. Read Isaiah. Get to know the Lord through His Word, first of all. Through His Word, first of all. Through his word, first of all, you get to know that. Who art thou, Lord? You find out who the Lord is. So I realized that when I began, you know, I always make reference to this book that I read. It, 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 it transformed my life. What Happened from the Cross to the Throne by uh, E.W. Kenyon. As I read that book in my room, 
Tears were just coming out of my eyes. I was, I was understanding things better. Even though I've been preaching for years. I've been preaching for years. So I, I now called my friend. I actually called Pastor Marvin. I said, Pastor Marvin, so all this, what have we been preaching? I was like, what have we been doing? Because I now began to know the Lord better. I was like, oh. And you know the beautiful thing about knowing the Lord? When you start knowing the Lord, it's like, it's like, um, He's able to relate with you. Oh, my God. Now, so, so, some people didn't get it. Now, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, like some of you. Let's say, let me use the ladies as an example. Okay, maybe the guys. When you were younger, your dad would treat you like, hey, go and do this, go and do that. He was like a, a, a big man and a child. But when you grew up, you know, sir, he now wants to be boys, boys with you. How many of you know what I'm saying? Okay, maybe you've not gotten there, so. <laughs> you know? When you start growing up, you know, when he's talking to you, even though he knows you are the child, no, come and let's think about something. How many of you experienced it? I mean, I, I experienced it. Come and let's think. No, because why? Now he feels like you are at a level that both of you can reason. He can now relate with you. But before, he looks at you and if you dare say you have a girlfriend, huh? Huh? you understand? He looks at her. I remember my very small sister. One time, you know, they were showing one of these Indian movies. I was just passing through it. So somebody said, oh, where on Donald? Then my small sister, oh, who was like, who was like 10 years old? Oh, Donald. Hey! What am I <laughs> 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 it was one of these these Indian movies. What am I doing? But imagine if she was grown. He says, "Oh, they'll know that. No, we can relate with you on this topic. You get it? I call her funny. <laughs> All right. So, who art thou, Lord? Who is Jesus? You need to find out for yourself this year." Who is he to you? You need to find out for yourself. You know, spend time. I was telling them in the first service, I said, you know, when you, when you as a pastor, when you're dealing with much older people, you can't root them through this road. But that is the most trusted one. You can't root them like that because they already have cares. So if you come, if those people come and you're having maybe a prophetic service of you know, miracle service, as they've come, that is what they want. Like, life has beaten them. Pray for me, pastor. Let me go home. The person has come to church, you are not coming to say, it's time to now know the Trinity. No! I'm not interested in the Trinity. <laughs> you understand? Pastor, I know Trinity, three in one. I know. You know, let's know the, the truth of the Trinity. He's looking at you. The demon was strangling the person last night. You said, Trinity. So now we must know the Lord. No, the Lord must help me. <laughs> you see, so when you're rooting people through that road, it looks like, like no, 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 no. Because they, are, they have gotten to a place where it will now be more difficult to go through that road. But you see, when you're younger, you have to get it right. Get the foundation. You need to know the Lord. 
You need to know who Jesus is. Because, like I said, I said, show me is greater than give me. Give me is for children. Show me is for adults. Because when you are shown, you know how to maneuver in the kingdom. You know how to maneuver in the kingdom. You are giving keys. Like Jesus Christ said to Peter, he said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever bound in heaven. Now, look at it. Whatsoever you lose on earth is loose in heaven. Over there, God gave Peter a principle. He says that, so he was teaching Peter that, Peter, there are things you will do on earth that will regulate what happens in heaven. Look, so many people, so many Christians have it wrong. They have it wrong with their knowledge of God. They have it wrong, totally wrong. It's filled with emotion. Let me put it this way. Unnecessary emotions. Because there's an um, emotional um, level with God. There's to some point, to some point you can, you, can, you can operate in emotions. But the principles are more important. Like, I, you know, I, I, I like referring to American Christianity. God is going to do it. No matter what is going through your life, God is going to do it. You go and meet the problem at home. Sometimes all you got to do is just be still. No, no, no. God knows what he's doing. The sickness will kill you. No, no, no. Someone said, someone said crazy faith. See, in the kingdom, one of the things you don't play with is faith. And faith is not emotional. You know what the Bible calls faith? It calls it a profession. <laughs> it calls it a profession. It said, our profession of faith. That means faith is not something we use. It is our work. So you need to, and there's no profession in this world that they don't study. Hey, hey. Can you, can you, can your father give you his... Pilot, if your father is a pilot, this pilot certificate that because you are my son, you are now a pilot. If you appear before any plane, you'll be arrested at the airport. <laughs> no, no, my father, my father was a pilot, so he conferred it. They, you know, no matter what happens, they are assuming you should be trained for it. It is not inherited. You must train for it. So faith does not just, you know. Uh, growing your faith doesn't just happen to you. you it's like, like every profession, you would have to study. You have to know how this thing works. You need principles. You know, sometimes it's beautiful when I see the American Christianity. It's very nice how they say, and Jesus can do it, and Jesus is going to do it. Just like when, when the, um, the young lady um, child died. You should see how they were, they were jumping, jumping, jumping. Okay, I want to say something, just... Uh, calm down, okay? Have you ever seen me singing Waymaker in this church before? Because it is actually inconsistent. I don't sing Waymaker. And they're quiet. Nobody sing Waymaker. You sing Waymaker, I'll stop it. You see, it looks nice. You see, you think that. You see, you think it's Christianity. You are here. Oh my God. Turning lives around. If that's how he, he does it, then God is very wicked. 
If that's how, like he, he just comes and turns lives around. He is very wicked because by this time he should have turned all of us. <laughs> you are here. Changing destinies from what to what? <laughs> changing destinies from what? Turn lives around. I worship you, I worship you. You know that song is good when we want to you know, emotions. Want to reach your heart. Oh God, I worship you. I worship you. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Oh God, that is who you are. Another way you can sing the synonym of that song is, I'm a lazy Christian. I'm a lazy Christian. I'm a lazy Christian. I'm a lazy Christian. That is who I am. You are a lazy Christian. You know what you are trying to say? That God is a way maker. So if the, may, the way has not been made, it is God's fault. Just like the year of perfection. Pastor say year of perfection. So I'm put to say happy perfect year. What is... Every time... No, haven't you seen it? People have been saying happy perfect year. Wow, cheers to a perfect year. No, they say it is year of perfection. You say perfect year. Every time you want to leave it on a year. We never want to assume responsibility. We want to leave it on the year. So if it doesn't happen, the year was not perfect. But the year, something's wrong with the year. There's no year anywhere. I'm telling you today, there's no year. In 2020, how many of you saw blue sun? Green moon. 2019 is an ex- 2020 is an extension of 2019 with a, a new number. <laughs> if you change your phone number, have you changed you? <laughs> so if you've not changed you, you are the same person. Yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> What's the meaning? Why, why am I saying we don't, we, it's not Waymaker? It's because when you study the word of God, he's no longer the Waymaker. When you study the principles of the kingdom, you now know what to do. And the word miracle worker, he said, are they not workers of miracles? First Corinthians. Are they not workers of miracles? He's calling human beings rather workers of miracles. If a situation happens and you are not pleased with the situation and you go and, go and pray in tongues and something happens, don't you know you work the miracle? You understand? So, like in a class, you know, in a school, there are different classes. They can teach you that um, the, uh, five plus five. They can teach you do it like this. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Making ten. That's how you learn how to join five plus five. But at, a, at a, another class, they don't expect that. They, they see, they're giving you like, one, two. In SS3. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three. By the time you are sitting by the examination paper, ah, they will be looking at you. Is there any psychiatric hospital right there? Because you have people in front of me. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. <laughs> you know that you know something happened before you go to that class. You see, so. We learn the principles of the kingdom. Who art thou, Lord? 
Who art thou, Lord? And I said something in the first service. I said, we receive Jesus. Now, I need to understand this. We receive Jesus outside the house. We don't receive Jesus in the house. Jesus died outside the city gate. Go and read the Bible. So we receive Jesus outside the house. Where he died, the cross, Gogota, is outside Jerusalem city. So we receive Jesus outside the house. When we receive him outside the house, remember the story of the, the prodigal son. The man came to receive him outside. After you now enter, you now have to be taught how to maneuver in the house. You now have to be taught, boy Scottes is here. Otherwise, in your own house, you sleep on veranda. In your own house. Because you don't have key. Your own house. You don't have key. Your own house, everything is there. Every kitchen, everything, every food, everything, you'll just be sleeping on veranda. They ask you, say, you have a very big house, but you're sleeping on a compound. So till tomorrow, till tomorrow, there is nobody who will cry. I'm telling you, there's nobody who will cry enough. Like, you can, it will not happen. You cannot cry, say, God, prosper me, Lord. Prosper me, Lord. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. And you cry, you cry. Let your intestines come out until you tight. Let your intestines come out. Cry. Get other people to help you to cry. Do joint prayer. Uh, uh, solo prayer. Prayer chain. Intercessory. Petition. Supplication. Atonement. That's <laughs> what you do. Until you tight. Because that is the principle in the kingdom. That is the principle. It's like going to pray. You carry orange seed. Then you put it on your table and say, Father, let it grow. Father, let it grow. You are violating the principle. You are violating the principle. Who art thou, Lord? Who is God? How how does he, you know, relate with us? What's his word like? What's God's word concerning your situation? What's God's relationship with you? You see, don't be unnecessarily emotional with the things of God. You have to know the principles. To know the principles. If it's faith, you know, one thing I tell about people is, I, I tell people, especially when it comes to the subject of faith is, if it didn't work, you didn't know it. If it didn't work, you didn't know it. If it didn't work, you didn't know it. So instead of saying, but I had faith, it didn't happen, go and check what you did not know. I love that about David. When they brought the ark, usually when they bring the ark to, to war, they win. Now this time around, they brought the ark to war and it was now killing them themselves. First of all, he made them take it away. And I like David because he's very observant. After they took it away, he was still keeping an eye on it. He realized that the ark is in the house of someone who called Bedidom. And he checked Obedidom's life after three months. So Obedidom was prospering. He said, go and bring my thing back. <laughs> <laughs> someone would have said, oh, let it go. After it has killed us. No, 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 no. Me and God, we are not like that. Again. We want to check. Obedidom was prospering. They take link Obedidom. That means the problem is not the ark. The problem was us. Obviously, then he went to now call the priest. They put the word of God there. He started checking what they did wrong. And he realized that the ark was not supposed to be on the cart. Even though he thought he was now doing a nice thing. Like, I'm going to put the ark on a cart. Nice horses. Nice people. I'm going to do a new thing for God. I'm going to impress God. Ladies and gentlemen, never impress God. Do what he has asked you to do. Was trying to impress God. 
I was telling you the last time, I think I was talking to you, I said, look, never do, try to do extra what God asks you to do. He won't pay for it. I said, if God says, eh, clean this place, clean it well, then stand there. When, is, when you come, every other place is not clean. Say, God, God says, why did you clean that one? God, you didn't send me. You didn't send me. This one, that's what he asked me to do. That's what you account, you, you account for. But some people, busybody, they'll do this one, then they'll go and do that one. If God comes, he'll just look at the one he asked you to do. Oh, wow. Say, God, I did that one. No, no. It's like you go to a house and somebody's painting your house. You didn't ask him. It's what you like that you give him. It's like uh, those guys who clean windscreens. Sometimes you say, no, no. You say, yeah, boss, boss, boss. <laughs> Me, the way I dislike people who don't listen to me, if they do that, I don't want to give them at all. I would rather give somebody, the last time, I'm, uh, yeah, we, we, we were going, uh, and the guy came, and I said, stop. He stopped. That's how I, I, give, him, I give him money. I now give him 20 CDs by listening to instructions. No, 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 boss. No. After you, after you, what time? What guy did? I said no. And guy I didn't give him. He now destroyed me. <laughs> <laughs> Poor people are not humble. Though. One guy like that. He came to ask for money. And that day, it's not like I, I, I just didn't have physical cash on me, on me. And I didn't want to ask for his mobile money number. But the guy kept, the guy kept asking. Uh, he now vexed. You don't want to give me that. We all go make her. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Poor people, poor people are not humble. Because there was a time I didn't have physical cash to give a guy. I made Brown drive back. After I got to him, I said, go and look for him and give him the money because he listened to what I said. Uh, we all go make her. <laughs> you don't want to give me the money. We all go make her. See my face today. We go. Charlie. Ha 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 Who art thou, Lord? Who art thou, Lord? Get to know the Lord. Get to know. Have time for your Bible every day. If you, if, you know, yesterday when I posted 366 days of this one, of purity. Someone said, hey, someone said, hey, you're going to, hey, we're coming. Hey, pastor, hey, pastor. Okay, I'm bringing another challenge. Finish your Bible in one year. You like that one? But I don't like the other one. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do that too. Amen. So people don't like what I'm going. What, what kind of Christian are you? You're a China Christian. <laughs> Who are thou, Lord? First question you need to answer. You need to know the Lord. What more don't I know? What more don't I know? And I was saying the first service, I said, I began to observe by prophecy for my life. I realized that God started talking to me a lot about um, prosperity from last year, in the ending of last year. Into, I observed by prophecy. Everyone who prophesies, we're going to move into a, 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 a place of prosperity. So you know what I did? I now went to look for all Pastor Chris' messages on prosperity. There's one message like that. It's seven parts. God's last word on your finances. So I now put it on my tab. Listen, morning, afternoon, evening. Listen, it's playing, it's on every time. Because I know the principle. I will need to know it. Because I won't be the first person that prophecy came and never came to pass. I won't be the first. 
So that song I sang a promise keeper. You are joking. You have a part to play. Any revelation that does not give you your part is fake. Any revelation that does not give you your part is fake. You have to understand the partnership that God has with you. He says it, you need to believe it. You believe it, you begin to act. Oh my God. Oh my God. Bible says, okay, go to Hebrews chapter 4. Let me show you something. Hebrews chapter 4. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into rest, any of you should come, should seem to come short of it. That's true. This, this, this verse is very powerful. Very powerful. I mean, if you understand this one, he said, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. He's talking about the people in the wilderness. He said, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. That means there was a time that the word that was preached to them was potent, but it did not profit them. That means it did not come to pass for them. That means it did not happen for them. Why? Because he said that word was not mixed with faith. If there's anything you're going to master this year, Master faith. You see, when I tell people to master faith, at the time I start saying it, they don't get it until problem comes. And the problem comes and their faith is not ready and they have to say, Pastor, if you can do anything, do something, Lord. Do something, Lord. Sometimes it's too late. Sometimes it's too late. If there's anything you have to master this year, master faith. Master faith. Master faith. Who art thou, Lord? It's a God of knowledge. He's a God of faith. You see, you have to know who the Lord is. All right, that's the first question. Second question. Go back to Acts chapter 9. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Verse 6. And he trembling and astonished said. Another question now. Second question. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Lord, what would thou have me to do? Remember, I always tell you this. I said, people are struggling in their lives today because they are so filled with what they want to do about their lives. And they are not thinking about, what would God have them do this year? For some people, you know, you need to understand um, God's economy with people, all right? For some people, this year, it's a, it's a year of building for them. For some, it's a year of manifestation. So, as the word came for the year, this is a year of perfection. In God's mind concerning you, you should be building your prayer life. In God's mind concerning you, you should be building your steady life. In God's mind concerning you, you should be working on the business you started. You should be, you should be training. You should be preparing. You know? So, we are not at the same place in the spirit. So as God is dealing with us, we are all at different um, faces in our walk with God. We are all different sects in our walk with God. We are not all at the same place. So what, what would you have me do? Because when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you will not put yourself under unnecessary pressure. Lord, what will you have me to do? Lord, what will you have me to do? So what will you have me to do? You are going in the direction of what God wants you to do. You know, there was a time in my life you know, somewhere 2000 and, and I think it was 10. So it was a year of the sevenfold increase. And here was I, I was just a young Christian. I was just a young Christian about a year or two, old in Christianity. 
And you know, I was like, okay. And Pastor Chris said, this is a year of the sevenfold increase. People were shouting, jumping, yay, 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 yay. Sevenfold increase. So, me too, I was jumping and shouting. Ladies and gentlemen, I never saw any sevenfold anything. <laughs> Why? Because what is the foundation that the sevenfold is coming on? I've not built any foundation. I'm just a young Christian. I've just started learning the word of God. You understand? I'm, I've started preaching the gospel. So, it was more about my preparation as a young Christian than my manifestation. God is more comfortable with some manifestations for me now at this, at this time than he was at that time. I said something when I had the, the Instagram live. I said, Bible says that when the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. So no building, no appearance. No building, no appearance. So be conscious and be careful to know what the Lord wants for you at what point in time. Lord, what would you have me do? What would you have me do? I told you the first service, I said, look, we don't need a trumpet in front of our house to know that this year we must win souls. Some people are waiting for a trumpet. Do you hear po 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 my children, children? One day I'll act, I'll do I'll do it. I'll let someone blow trumpet outside. And I'll say, it's the Lord, it's the Lord. Everybody knew that it's the Lord. Then they will speak. Win souls this year. That's where some people believe. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Never outgrow so winning. Never outgrow so winning. Hmm. Never outgrow so winning. Never outgrow teaching the word of God. I don't know anything. The small you know. Have you shared it? It's amazing that I knew just one scripture when I got born again. Just one, that one scripture, I led people to Christ. I just knew one scripture. Because I didn't know anything in the Bible. Anytime we were going for, you know, when we were children, we were going for Sunday school. When they all passed, I would pass at the back. I, would, no, I didn't know anything. I didn't know the rhythms in Corinthians and Chronicles. I didn't know anything. But as I, I got born again, I decided I was going to read the whole of Genesis in one day. When I got born again, ah, the fire was too short too. I read Genesis. So there was a scripture that now caught my attention. Genesis chapter 6. It says, and God repented that he had made man. And God repented that he had made man. Ha! This message is not even correct. But I still went to people's rooms. God repented that he had made man. That means we are the one breaking God's heart. Stop breaking God's heart. That was my message. The message is not even correct. But God used the message, even though it was not so correct. We, are, we say, we are the one breaking God's heart and be, Oh, it was a boy's school, but they will feel it. We are the one breaking God's heart. Oh. <laughs> Break God's heart. Stop breaking God's heart. Then I'm now going to preach on, you know, remember, when someone breaks your heart, how does it feel? Ha! <laughs> if you want to give your life to God, lift your hand, then you'll be lifting your hand. The message was not even correct. But that was a little I knew. But as I was reading the Genesis, that was the one thing that stood out for me as I'm going to use this to preach. So I started morning devotion for the first time in that boys' school. 
Boy school that life fully like that. I started morning devotion in every single room. So I'll go and preach over here. I was more than an itinerant preacher. You know itinerant preacher? Running around to preach. I, I, I'll finish preaching here. And they say, oh, this room wants me. And I'll go. Then I'll have a hot cake with Genesis chapter 6. And God repented. And when I go, I don't have any message. I will say that same thing. Listen. Just I can change it. Listen. Remember heartbreak. How difficult it is. When you break people's hearts. See, every time man is breaking God's heart. And God repented that he made man. Look at you. Maybe God has repented that he made you. <laughs> because of your sins. The message was never correct. I was not in Christ. Then, but I, was not in, I didn't know anything. That's all I knew. I preached it. In fact, I tried to preach in the school um, SU. They said, do not let me preach. Why? They have to verify my Christianity. Because I just got born again. So, spiritometers. They want to check my, the level, the acidity of my alkalinity of my Christianity. <laughs> so, they didn't allow me. So, I went to a neighboring school to go and preach. And when I got there, when I entered the place, the man said, the Lord said to us yesterday that somebody will come there. I said, I'm the one. <laughs> I said, they said they were praying the night before and God said to them that someone will come there. And I said, yes. God said to me too. <laughs> the next week I preached over there. Ladies and gentlemen, as I stood there to preach, they didn't know that I'm a new Christian. As I was preaching on God repented that he had made man. <laughs> I did, they didn't know I was a new Christian. I'm sure they didn't, they didn't know. Maybe if they knew, they would have checked me well. I did it as I preached. And I lifted my hand. As I prayed for you that the power of God, they said, ah! He said, you should know the confidence now entered me. Because they were shouting, ah! They were rolling on the floor. People were holding people. I said, wow. <laughs> I said, wow. Ministry made there. <laughs> then I remember that when I was a child, my, my father took me somewhere and the pastor moved his suit and did like this. People were falling down. Now I was wearing some uh, low suits, but I said, should I remove it? Should I not? I'm on top of me. As I contemplate, contemplate, then I say, "You're matter from here." But when you're in here, you're my safest one. You know, and a, a prophet, a prophet who came for that program was at the back. He walked forward. He's a great man of God. <laughs> and in those times, don't they say that I don't know anything? No, no, oh, great man of God. Yeah, great man of God. <laughs> And he said that the Lord said the people should sow a seed to me. Me. New Christian. That day when I went back to school and they said they will not allow me. I said no, no, they shouldn't even allow me again. They won't give me any seeds. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know like again. One of my New Year resolutions was you know um, sometimes people think, oh, that's Pastor Enoch, he can preach anywhere. There was a, there's a secondary school, my, my former secondary school group, that I don't preach there because they easily insult themselves. So I don't want to go and talk there to give anyone the opportunity to insult me because um, they know me. We're in the same dormitory and all that. 
even though a lot, uh, quite a number of them have a lot of respect for me, and you know, ah, this is a man of God now. But some people, they are just foolish, and they, they will not change. <laughs> because one day, I, I posted something on the, on the group, I think about a program or something. I just, it was like a broadcast, so I just broadcast to a lot of groups. They said, as for pastor, uh, we call it Pastor Iroch. As of Pastor Iroch, he will never post it until he has something to say over here. Who should now make the group active? They were just trying to cause mischief. So it was now other people came to defend me. He has the right to post it at any time. I said, ah, thank God. No. <laughs> so I told myself, I'm not going here again. No, before somebody comes in. But I, I decided that this group, every time they are sharing porn, they are sharing a picture of somebody in bikini or something. So I said, and some of you know, you are in such groups, you know. But sometimes I want to leave the group. The Lord says, don't leave the group. I said, okay. So I now said, I have to preach on this group. So I started praying. I started praying. I have to preach on this group. Because it's a group of about 200 and something people. Ah. That's, a, that's a whole ministry. So I said, no, I'm, I'm going to preach on that group. And the amazing thing is that when you post something there, out of the 200 and something people, you can get about 150 watching. So... I said, no, I need to post there. So when I did that, I said, I'm going to post there. I was not looking for the opportunity. You know, sometimes when you want to preach like that, start praying first. Nana was saying it. Start praying first so that the Lord will set the platform for you. Because this year, you must make sure that your life is influencing somebody for God. Real life value. So, as I said, now, somebody came to post something about Judgment Day. I've entered my zone. <laughs> judgment Day. Jesus says, hey, they'll show your video. Hey, you, they, they show your video. It's more than... Po- no, like, uh, <laughs> no, you know, as they were talking, as they were talking, as they were talking, saying different things. Now I said, this is the time to strike. Because at the time, now they were like, judgment, this one said, judgment is not there. This one said, judgment, oh, this one. And, I, and now, with three voice notes, the first voice note was, I explained judgment. I try to be a little controversial to say that there's no judgment for any Christian. With the first one. So it now intrigued them, you see, to listen to the second voice note. So in the second voice note, I now talked about Jesus, the way to escape judgment. And the third voice note, I now did altar call. Now, the group that is always, hey, 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 it was quiet for the next two days. <laughs> Lest anybody enter into judgment. So they now so they now started messaging me behind. Because boys are hard boys, they can't get born again on them. So, you know, they now started messaging me behind to be born again behind. I started leading them to Christ there. Started leading them to Christ there. Now, for the first time, godly things started entering the group now. Now, when you post a bad thing now, everybody's now looking at you. <laughs> I see. So some of you should start taking advantage of such groups. Some of you on groups on, on social media, you know, WhatsApp that you need to preach. And don't make a message long. If you make it long, they'll not listen. Don't go and start saying, I'm preaching on spiritual sagacity to see this guy. You know? <laughs> Short message. Short message. Powerful. Hit the note. Then when you finish, add altar call. You see, that's the beauty of it. The Holy Ghost is the one who comes. He will make them pray the altar call prayer. Some, some of you, you must, you must preach. Don't post anybody's preaching. You must preach on that group. Hey, what would they think? Don't think about what they would think. 
Share what you know. Share what you know. You don't want to stand before Jesus on, on the final day and there's nothing about your life. There's nothing about your life for God. And I said, like I was saying, I said, I had just gotten born again when I prayed that Jesus. I had just gotten born again. It's not like I knew something. I had just gotten born again. I just thought I should, I should do something for God. That's what you did. This is how you need to think. Lord, what would you have me do? What would thou have me to do? The second important question for this year. Lord, what will you have me to do? What will God have you doing this year? Your purpose. God's purpose for your life. What will God have you do this year? What will God have you do this year? What will God have you do this year? In your life, when you don't pursue what God wants, listen, you will just keep moving in circles and circles and circles and circles and circles. Usually when you talk to young people about things like this, they don't understand it. When you reach it, I, I told them in the first service, I said, there are different revealers. When you see something that reveals truth, time is a revealer. Experience is also a revealer. But the way life is, 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 is structured, it will be too costly to learn everything by experience and with time. I like something a dear lady wrote on her status. He said, this year we are not learning by mistakes again. We are learning by the word of God. Powerful. 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 Listen, there's no new generation truth. There's no new generation truth. One of the easiest way, okay, one of the easiest way to escape wasting your life is to follow the fathers. The roads on which they used that they got where they got, you have to use that road. There are roads that some people are using today and it looks like Judas Road. It looks like Judas Road. Some people are using a road. It looks like Gehazi Road. Don't fulfill wrong scriptures. I tell you, don't fulfill wrong scriptures. Use the trusted road. Use the road of Jesus. Use the road of Peter. You end up where they ended up. Use the road of Daniel. Use the road of David. Those are trusted roads. Use the road of Solomon, except the one other one. Don't add the other one to it. You pass another road on the way. You know? Use the trusted roads. There's new new generation truth. I don't even know any software for fasting. Any software for fasting? Any new way of praying? As it was in generations past, so shall it be today. It will never change. There's no technology that will replace the basic fundamentals. You can never you know, to the people who now do everything is human rights, human rights, human rights. If a demon come and press your neck, take him to court. He won't show up. He won't come. You take the demon to court, he won't come. You come and press your neck again. You can't do human rights. So true spiritual dominion, you have to, you have to get it through the spiritual means. Are you listening? This year, your life is going to be 
relevant to the kingdom of God. And it's going to be relevant to God. So this year, you're going to know God, you're going to know the, th- the things of the kingdom of God, then you're also going to walk in God's perfect will for your life. Perfection. Perfect will for your life. Alignment. A reengineering of purpose. A reengineering of purpose. That will perfect that which concerns me. That's what the psalmist said. That will perfect that which concerns me. God is leading you in the way that you should go. I thought you'd say a big amen. amen. God is leading you in the way that you should go. Amen. This year, if you have never served God, you will serve God. Amen. This year, if you have never done any, anything significant for God, you will do it for God. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This year, your money will serve God. Amen. This year, your life will serve God. Amen. When I say this year, your money will serve God. Some people, You know, something that would be beautiful, that you would grow up. I said never outgrow so winning. You grow up, then you and your wife you, and, and your children, you are going for so winning. So where are you people going? So we are going for so winning. It would be nice. Not every day we are going to this thing. Every day, beach. Every day, we are Bahamas. Tomorrow, Bahamas. Tomorrow. <laughs> you know, one day you wake up. You wake up say, say, all the children say, we are all going out for so winning. And I said, so, I said, how many of you, you are working in town and people have been winning or so? so? Nobody. So who is doing it? Let's not assume somebody is doing the work of God. Let's take it, walk up and do it. Hallelujah. Lift your hand and thank the Lord.